Welcome back into the Tide Talk Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I am your host, Stacy Blackwood, alongside Jake Thomas. Jake, how you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing good and had a had a rough week at work. Uh, thankfully, you know, we're at the at, you know last of it. But you know, a lot of you know, I missed a lot on the SEC Media Days, so I'm uh, excited to catch back up on some things. Yeah, it's uh it's SEC Media Days has come and gone and like you said, it's about to about to wave the checkered flag on the week mm-hmm. for Jake. So uh I know he's excited about that and we're gonna dive into today's episode real soon. But uh, first, I got to tell you about our friends at betonline.ag. You know, the NBA playoffs are done. Congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks on winning the NBA championship. But Major League Baseball is still going on. And, of course, they have that 24-hour casino that is always open. So head on over to betonline.ag. Sign up today and you receive that 50% welcome bonus. Betonline.ag. And also, real quick, before we – Go any further. I need you to hit that subscribe button, whether you're on on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Mm -hmm. Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you listen to us at. Make sure you are subscribed. Uh, Get in the comment section on YouTube. Tell us what you think about today's episode. Uh, Give us your thoughts on, uh, you know, the the football season that's coming up, what you think Alabama's record is going to be, how you think the West is going to shake up, how you think the East is going to shake up, and something else we're going to talk about Oklahoma and Texas and the possibility of them joining the SEC. So make sure you jump in the comment section below and let us know your thoughts on all those topics. All right, Jake, let's just dive right on to it. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of the big, big news stories of the week was uh, apparently Saban was at a Texas high school coaches convention, kind of let it out there. uh, I think as a recruiting pitch, you know, it's uh, (laughs) the name of the game is recruiting. That's right. Uh, that that Bryce Young was nearing seven figures in NIL earnings. Uh, what was your initial reactions to that, and just your your overall thoughts on 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 the NIL situation with some of the high profile you know athletes like Bryce Young? I I was actually shocked. I mean, in all honesty, the guy hasn't even started yet at Alabama, <laughs> right. and and he's already making potentially you know quote a million dollars. You know. And it, you know, like I said on uh, my other show Tuesday night, uh, I was on um, Best of the West. Uh, we talked about it briefly, but like I said, it's going to help some players, and it's better for the uh, for other players because they're more star powered, star star guys, and type deal. But but in all honesty, I like it. You know, at least they're, they're finally getting a little bit of money from the lightness. You know, that was a big issue, you know, when we we was growing up and a lot of that stemmed from the EA games, you know, the football games. So now we got that back. We may be getting the games back. Who knows? There's still a lot of talk about that. But, you know, it's interesting. But I also love uh, Lane Kiffin's comment this week. I did hear that where he was like, he's already making a million dollars. He don't have to come. He don't have to play against us that week. That weekend, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, dude. I love Lane Kiffin. Man. I love he's, him. He's, he's so fantastic. Funny. He is. He is, is must see TV. Yes. But on Bryce Young, uh, obviously, super happy for that dude, man. I I oh, hope yeah. he can get as much as he can get, and that's for any athlete, whether it's you know a volleyball player, a tennis player, a golf player, softball, you know, mm. whatever the sport may be. I'm just excited that these athletes can, can make money off of themselves. But Saban did make a good point at media days. Uh, you know, back in the old days, they used to be able to make money. They used to go have to get a job and right. they can make money that way. But now they can make money, you know, a little bit different way. And in today's climate and today's culture and, 
you know, college athletics, uh, you know, some of these high profile athletes are, are going to make a lot of money. Now, the average athlete is going to make a few thousand dollars, but Jake, a few mm-hmm. thousand dollars to a, you know, 18 to 21 year old kid is, is, is a pretty big deal. So I'm excited for all these athletes, excited for Bryce Young. Uh, I'm really surprised that he is already to that mark. Like you said, <laughs> yeah. knowing that he hasn't even started a game yet for Alabama. Yeah. But uh, Bryce has a, has a terrific brand on himself coming out of high school, highly recruited kid out of California. Uh, and then also he's he's at he's at Alabama. I mean, it's just uh, it really is just the nature of the beast. It's another way that Alabama can can kind of get a leg up on some of these other programs. I mean, uh, they're, they've got the spotlight on them. So the quarterback right. at Alabama is going to have, you know, perhaps the biggest spotlight in all of college athletics at this moment in time. So uh, happy for Bryce Young. I'm still surprised a little bit that it's it's around that number, That's like crazy. you said, without even starting a game. So, but excited for Bryce. Uh, I hope he makes all the money he can make out of it. And oh yeah, uh, sure. You know, and I hope he wins us a lot of football games too. <laughs> and I believe he will. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and we're, let's just just keep it rolling. Yeah. Saban also mentioned something at media days that was that was uh, you know in in Saban's own way uh, throwing shade at, at one Scott Cochran <laughs> when he mentioned that uh, since uh, adding uh, Dr. Matt Rea and David Ballou, soft tissue injuries were down around fifty percent to previous seasons. Say say uh, that again, Stacey. <laughs> soft tissue injuries are down fifty. Percent. There you go. <laughs> and and you know this is this is something that we've all talked about mm-hmm. uh, bef- even before Cochran left Alabama. Right. Uh, the injuries were just piling up, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, if you had an ACL, it was getting tear down there in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I hate to, I hate to say. I mean, I hate to be like that. Mm-hmm. I hate to throw shade at Scott Cochran because he was part of what helped build Alabama to what they. Yes. Are. Yes. But. Uh, the truth hurts, though. The truth hurts, man. It does. Yeah. And, and the fact is that uh, the modern athlete, the modern modern college football game, does not need powerlifting. Right. It needs a scientific method, and that's what Doctor Rhea and and David Blue bring. And you know they're really at the forefront of this in, in college athletics. And uh, I just thought that was very interesting. I knew the injuries were down. I didn't realize it was you know that significant. I hadn't either. That that's incredible. That's an incredible stat. Fifty percent, nearly fifty percent, soft tissue injuries are down. Uh, I think the other fifty percent, unfortunately, though, is for the ba- basketball team because it seems like everybody's <laughs> getting ACL tears over there. But you know, like you said, I it's not a. Uh, I mean, we don't want to crack on Cochran because, right. like you said, he he was there for for the build up and and got us got our program to this point you know, help get the program to this point. So it's not a crack on him, but I mean, you, I mean, just look when he, when he left first year, he was at, you know, Georgia, even though he wasn't the, you know, strength and condition coordinator, he was the special teams coach. They were still, they automatically started having it's injury issues. It was, I and mean, it's like the poor guy looks like he, it seems like he's just a, an injury prone guy, you know, that, that, that takes an injury bug with him everywhere he goes. But, you know, that's an incredible stat. And Dr. Matt Rayer and Ballou have done an amazing job down there. And, 
and I'm so glad that Saban was able to to grab them guys. Yeah, and Saban mentioned how the players have really bought into their you know method of of strength and conditioning training, and so that's exciting to see because. Mm-hmm. It really is a polar opposite of what the the program was used to under Scott Cochran. So right. uh, I'm excited that the players are buying into it. They, they love the fact that they get daily updates on, you know, their, you know, their, I guess, conditioning and and aspects like that, and because uh, they're tracked through all this different technology and and all this stuff. And and, and I believe under the old regime, you wouldn't see an Evan Neal doing the box jumps the you know and splits like like he has been recorded doing and he he put out on Twitter man I mean it's six seven three sixty I mean he it looked like he was jumping I don't know around three feet off the ground maybe a little nice. over that three and a half feet doing the splits uh dude I, I just that that is something new that's that's not yes. something that would have happened you know a few years back and and just really excited to have, you know, Dr. Ray and David Blue on the staff. I, I think that they are they are cutting edge in that side of the, the strength and conditioning in college athletics, especially on the college football side. And, and of course, leave it to Saban. He's the one who goes out and find those, find, find those yeah. guys, brings them, in, brings them on, and is mm-hmm. just ahead of the curve, man. I mean, he just – Saban is always at least one step of a step ahead of everybody else. And, you mm-hmm. know, they're, they're, that's one of the reasons that he's, you know, won six championships in 14 seasons at Alabama is because he's just, he's always a step ahead. He's always thinking ahead. He's always thinking yep. about the next move, the next, you know, just, he's just, he's just different, man. He's built different. Doesn't show any signs of slowing down. Like I mentioned in the last episode, mm-hmm. uh, just, it's unbelievable what he's been able to do. And, you know, this is just kind of the latest indication of of his forethought and foresight into the way the game of football is moving at the college level. Yeah, and like you said, is another another illustration of people have talked about it. Saban's playing chess while others are playing checkers. That's you know? exactly right. I mean, that's yeah. it's a cliche. It, yes. it's said a lot, but it's the truth. It is. Uh, if if you look at the way he hires coaches, uh, and he spoke about this at media days as well about how Lane Kiffin doesn't get enough credit for the way he kind of helped change the Alabama's Alabama's identity on offense. And the truth is Lane was never a, a spread type coach either. He, he come from no. the West coast. I mean, he's, right. a, he's an old school West coast, Bill Walsh type offense. You know, that's what they ran out there at USC with Pete Carroll. Yes. And uh, he, he kind of took that to Tennessee and into the pros and, uh, but but Saban knew that Lane had a bright mind on the offensive side of the ball, and he thought, man, if anybody can help us, you know, take that step to working in the RPOs and the spread game, uh, it's Lane Kiffin, and you know, just a, just a masterful hire once again by Saban, and, and and Kiffin knocked it out of the park. And uh, I'm with Saban; I'm not sure Kiffin gets enough credit for you know revolutionizing the Alabama offense. Yeah, you know, Alabama has always been. Ground and pound, pretty much. They're going to run down your throat until you stop them, and you can't never stop them. But Saban saw the transition on the offensive ways. You got to have a, you got to have that RPO. You got to have that 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 spread. You don't have to just go totally out and spread it out, but do the RPO. He brought in quarterback like to attack of Aloha who could do it. Matt Jones was really successful at it, but they all had help. You know, they, they had good coordinators like Lane Kiven and uh, Steve Sarkeesian. So Saban always adjusts to the times. And, you know, a few years ago, 
you know, Alabama's defense was was very slow at adapting to the spread offenses. Now they're getting better at it. He's getting those those thick built, you know, those lean built uh, linebackers that that can run, you know, run all over the sideline, sideline, run all over the place. You got some heavy hitters in in the back and on the secondary. So he's adapting to how offenses are, you know, are changing every day. So he he's adapted to that. He's adapted the offensive ways on that side, and and it's perfect right now down there. Well, and, and Saban also mentioned that 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 the college defenses are slowly starting to to catch up with the spread offense, right? Uh, so, and it's 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 the same old song, Jack. You know, college football and and I guess NFL to a certain extent, it's always changing. I mean, it you know for a long time people ran the wishbone. I know. <laughs> then, yeah. then people went to shotgun. Then people went shotgun. back to more of an eye formation or single back mm-hmm. set. And now we're back to the spread. So, and mm-hmm. the defense is, it's called defense for a reason. Right. They're on the defensive side of that. They're, they're mm-hmm. trying to react to what the offense is doing. So they're always going to be a couple years behind the right. offense as far as, you know, schematically and, and what type of athletes they recruit on that side of the ball. So uh, the defenses, I believe, are catching up a little bit. I they think are. you're going to see Alabama play uh, as good a defense as you can possibly see. Uh, in the modern era of college football this season. I'm really excited about the potential that this defense has. And and, and a part of that is because of the addition of Henry Toa Toa. Uh, Saban has had a lot of high praise for Henry Henry T. Uh, He talked about him uh, during media days and was excited to have him on the team. And he mentioned that they thought he was, you know, one of the best defenders in the country over the last couple of years at Tennessee. So uh, the addition of Henry T, Jake, I think is going to, do wonders for this defense. We already have Christian Harris back in the middle as well. So uh, two of the best duos of inside linebackers in the, in all of college football to pair with, you know, arguably the two best ends in college football and Will Anderson and, and Christopher Allen. So mm-hmm. this defense can be special, and a lot of that has to do with Henry Toa Toa. I agree. You know, getting him, again, save him going out. You know, getting in that, you know, that's another good thing of what has happened is that um the the recruit you know you jump in from from school to school uh the recruiting uh not recruiting but the transfer portal there we go i'll get it out in a minute <laughs> the transfer portal um that's another because savings in that all the time looking seeing how he can get better at a position and and he's got a couple of good guys out of there and toe toe is going to be the next great and man you you just mentioned that inside linebacker position has got Toa Toa and Christian Harris. That's probably the best duo in in the nation. You know, on top of probably you you already had probably the best end. You know, in Will Anderson. So, um, it's you know it's amazing uh, that that talent down there. But Toa Toa, I believe, is going to come come in and he's going to make an immediate impact on the on the program for sure. And it sounds like he already has. Yeah, he's uh, – I apologize if y'all can hear my crazy kids in the background. It just kind of is what it is, life with kids. But uh, mm-hmm. we're going to keep it rolling here. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm excited to see what Henry T can bring to the defense. Uh, I think he has great leadership qualities. I think he's going to be one of the leaders on this team. So, uh, really excited to see how he kind of helps this this team on the defensive side of the ball. And, uh, you know, kind of having that guy – 
Henry T, it allows a, a player like Jalen Moody to remain on special teams. Yes. And he's our, he's a fantastic special teams player. So, you know, having that depth is just it's so important, man. It's uh I'm just so excited to I'm so ready for the season, man. I'm just I'm just so pumped. Just Me a too. couple of weeks till fall camp starts. So that can't get here soon enough. Another thing that, that that Coach Saban mentioned there at Media Days was that, and this was kind of surprising to me because, you know, he doesn't really reveal much about the the depth chart. He hates right. the word depth chart, but uh, he kind of revealed that uh, uh, sophomore Javion Cohen was going to be the starter at left guard. Hmm. So that was that was kind of surprising that he mentioned that. Uh, he's a guy that we've kind of been keeping our eye on, you know, this off season. So uh, I'm excited that, that Javion Cohen has played well played well enough in the coach's eyes to earn a spot before fall camp even gets here. And, and now Jake is just one tackle spot remains open. Yeah. Uh, I'm imagining that Evan Neal will move over to left tackle. And that means the right tackle spot is open. Just what are your thoughts on Cohen being, a, being named a starter by coach Saban at media days? That's uh, interesting uh, because like you say, coach Saban hates to talk about the depth chart. He will, anybody who brings it up in the media, he will shut it down real quick. Uh, yeah, but the, the thing about it is it, it says a lot for Cohen's character and because he, he has fought, he is, he is, you know, fought from the ground up and, uh, and he, it, it sounds like he's earned his spot and that's amazing considering the talent you have on the offensive line down there. I mean, like you said, depth chart wise, we're four or five deep everywhere and that's including offensive line. So I mean, he's he's got some experience, so he probably does have a leg up on on some of the newcomers. But still, he's worked his way from the bottom of that of that depth chart, and and he's making turning heads with coaches, and I think it's rightfully deserved. Yeah, just real quick, who do, who do you kind of see maybe taking that right tackle spot? I'm I'm gonna go with J.C. Latham. That's that's mm-hmm. just kind of who my gut is telling me. Uh. But you know, maybe a guy like Damian George, a sophomore mm-hmm. from from Texas, big dude. Uh, maybe he could he could take that spot. But I think Latham is a guy that you know, kind of like an Andre Smith, mm-hmm. uh, just just a natural offensive tackle. Uh, you know, who's going to come in and start right away? Evan Neal, mm-hmm. top. So that's who I'm going to go with. Uh, who are you kind of thinking? I'm thinking it's going to be Latham and potentially. Uh, the Brockmeyer, uh, the the Brockmeyer brother, one of the, one of those guys. I know one of them is built out as a center. So, um, but uh, but I think it's Tommy's be, the tackle. Tommy, yeah, the Tommy. Tackle. So I think I think it's going to be uh, Latham. Like you said, he he's built to attack. You know, a kid to be a tackle. So, you know, there's a lot of like I said, there's a lot of talent down there though. So I think Saban and Bill O'Brien, any, they can plug anybody in that right tackle spot. Assuming Neil moves to left, which I've, I'm pretty much 100% sure he's probably going to move to left to be the blindside blocker. Uh, so, um, yeah, he, they could plug anybody at that right tackle spot, and they'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, we're almost done with today's show, but I'm going to ask Jake a couple uh, questions that he don't know about. And I got one for you. <laughs> All right, so – See, we like to do as little planning as possible <laughs> because we like authentic reactions to questions. We it's kind of hard for me to working during the day. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. my, my my question for you, Jake, mm-hmm. is where would you rank Najee Harris as far as all time Alabama running backs? 
I would have him. I would have him third. Okay. I would okay. have I to me I I as much as I love Derrick Henry, but truthfully, my favorite running back in the history of Alabama is Sean Alexander. Sean Alexander, you know, he he was just an incredible athlete. So I think he's number one. Then then uh, Derrick Henry and then uh, Najee Harris. That's that's how I I see it right now. I think I would probably have it that way too. Sean Alexander is probably my all time favorite player. So it's, yes, and so that may be a little biased. Yeah, but, I know. Now I was just thinking about where he. I mean, he's obviously the all time leading rusher, mm-hmm. but he's he was so special, man. And and out of all the players we're losing from last year's team, he may be he may be the the biggest loss. Yeah, I mean, aside yeah. from Patrick Sertan, right, and. To, honestly, that that is a good point because I mean, Brian Robinson, he he has the capability of being that guy and and being a thousand yard rusher. Um, little spoiler alert here: uh, in a few weeks' time, right before the season, I'm going to give my five bowl predictions of the year, and I have something interesting talking about the running back situation. So uh, you know, be we'll we'll have that in a few weeks, but. But I think Brad Robinson is going to be a guy who who can go for a thousand yards. But keep your eye on Jace McClellan. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I, I'm excited about the room more than a specific guy this mm-hmm. year when it comes to the running backs. But I, I trust them all. I mean, the, right. I, I'm not I'm not worried about the running back situation because I think they all can play. And uh, you know, you don't have to have one guy. I mean, people are under the impression that because we lost Najee Harris, our running game is not going to be, mm. you know, any good. It may not be the same, but it's still going to be good. It, it'll just be right. a little different. I mean, it'll be more by committee. Mm-hmm. It ain't going to be, you know, just a workhorse like Najee was. Uh, he, he was a special talent, man. I just happen to be thinking about th- that today and, you know, what where he would kind of rank among the, the, the program's greats. And, of course, you can't forget about guys like Bobby Humphrey and – Oh God, Tony Nathan and you know Johnny Musso, but way back in the day, there's been plenty of them. Derek Lassie, Mark, Mark, Mark Ingram, Ingram I mean, Heisman. So yeah, Trent I mean, Richardson was a really good running back. Yeah, I mean, uh, Eddie, Lacy Eddie Lacy was really good. Yeah, so uh, it's a uh, it's a long list, uh, but I, I think I'm with you. I would probably put him third behind mm-hmm. Alexander and Henry, uh, and then probably it's Ingram and then Humphrey yeah. mm-hmm. uh, would probably be about by you know, top four or five. Yeah. Um, and, and I just wanted to mention real quick, uh, we have talked about this off air, but uh, at the last week's episode, but talking about that, that corner position of, you know, losing certain Joe's going to take that corner, you know, number one spot. And we talked about off air, but the, if there is a question mark on this defense, it's who's going to be corner number two. Yeah. And pretty much that is the only question mark on the defense. You know, but there is talent there for somebody to take. Remember and, the name Kyrie Jackson. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, Kyrie Jackson. Mm-hmm. He's he's starting to turn heads a little bit. I, I've been seeing. So, uh, I think I think he is going to be a special player. Mm-hmm. But I think Kool Aid is going to be a special player. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's talent. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see how that turns out once fall mm-hmm. camp gets here and yep. uh, you know start hearing some things. 
you know, about what's going on down there. RJ, mm-hmm. one last thing. Uh, did you, you, you said you had a question. For well, me. mine's not really a question. I just want to make a comment about something you posted the other day on Twitter. Okay. And I think you are absolutely 100% correct. It is being overlooked, but Jordan battle is a special player and yeah. not a lot of people is talking about him. He, he does it all on that defense and, and he needs to get a little bit more love nationally than what he does. Cause you know, he, he's, he can do it all back there. Yeah, I think I think he'll have a really good season this year. I, I think I, I don't know if he'll work himself into the first round of the draft, but he mm-hmm. he'll be a he'll be a second round pick for sure. I think he's just got too much talent. I, yeah. I'm really excited to see how he develops in his junior season. People forget that he's just now a true junior, <laughs> and so he's still a, he's still a young guy. Yeah, he is. so uh, I'm excited about about battle. I'm excited mm-hmm. about Helms. Of yes. course, we talk on and on about Malachi Moore and Brian Branch. So that back end of that defense is in good hands. Mm-hmm. You know, like we said, just gotta gotta you know knock down that other corner spot, and you know Which that'll figure that'll figure itself out, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll have a really solid defense uh, here in this twenty twenty one season. Yeah. I'm All right. Excited. Last last thing, Jake. The big right. news yesterday broke that that Oklahoma and Texas had inquired about joining the the SEC. Uh. What are your thoughts on that? I'm actually against it. Just, I mean, I, I, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm too old school, but you know, they've been talking about for a while about a super conference or a couple of super conferences where, you know, so what are they going to do? Split, split Texas or the, the, you know, the state or the nation down the middle of Texas. Whoever's on this side of Texas is the West. Whoever's on this side of Texas is the East. We already had that in basketball and MLB. It's called the NL and the AL for baseball and and, uh, Eastern Conference and Western Conference for basketball. I just, you know, you don't need super conferences. My thing is, if if you're tired, and I've said this a thousand times, if you're tired of Alabama's and Georgia's and Clemson's and Ohio State's and Notre Dame's, being in the championship every single year, beat them. It's that simple. You don't have to join a conference with, you know, to do be your own person. Don't join another conference. You know, Notre Dame, you need to because you know you're getting a free pass by being the independently. But anyway, that's different. But you do your do your own thing. You know, Texas, my opinion, Texas has their own, you know, network, the Longhorn Network. They're they're bringing in most of the money out of the Big 12 anyway, and they still can't win their division. You know, they still can't win their conference. They're going to come to the SEC and think they're going to win it? No, ain't happening. Ain't happening. <laughs> I, I partially agree with you. I'm, <laughs> I'm not against uh, either of those teams joining. Uh but the only reason I am kind of for super conferences is because, to me, that's the only way we're going to get away from the NCAA. The NCAA is a joke. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, so if if the SEC, the Big 12, the Big 10, the ACC all just said, you know what, screw you, NCAA, we're disbanding from you, and we're making our own division of, of college football. And then there would be kind of super conferences that way. I mean, because you're talking about, you know, the Power Five conferences being the only conferences at that level of college football. So you would kind of go – it would be a little different, but not a whole lot different than what it is right now. 
so I'm, I'm, I guess I don't really care is what I'm saying. I don't mm-hmm. care if they join or not. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma both have a lot of money. So, you know, that's kind of good. Well, yeah, for sure. Uh, it makes money sense, if anything. Mm-hmm. But as far as as far as them thinking that that's going to help them win, I don't no. know if that's what they think or not, but it's not. No. I, I mean, I just – I'm with you. If if you want to knock if, – if you want to keep Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame – uh, from competing for the for the championship, then beat them. Right, beat, beat them. them. Yep. I mean, I just I don't know what else to tell you. Mm-hmm. I want to say one other thing, and I'm going to try to keep it as cool as I can. But I'm with you. I don't like the the NCA is a joke. But the one thing I have liked about it until recently, the last you know maybe three to five years. They have pretty much kept politics out of it. Here lately, it's all been politically driven. I mean, this right here, the 12-team playoff expansion, you know, that they want to do. I mean, I, I have trying to escape from college football. You know, I have an escape route from college football from the political stuff. I have not watched any baseball this year, partly because the Braves are trash. Uh, <laughs> and I'm a Hornets fan, so, of course, they're they're horrible. They're getting better, but they're horrible. But I try to stay away. Sports does not need to be involved in politics. Nope. It needs to be separate. And my escape from the politics of everyday life and what I had to deal with is college football. Now they're bringing that into it, and it's just it's just irritating. That's the only thing I have against it. I I agree one hundred percent. It's mm-hmm. it. There's every other sport is so political, it makes it almost impossible to watch. Yes. And college football is an escape from all that. And that's what mm-hmm. it's supposed to be. That's what it was designed for. It's an escape right. from from reality for us fans. Mm-hmm. So uh, I hope it stays that way. I'm uh, I'm with you. It, it doesn't seem like it's going down the right path at the moment, but I don't really want to dive into that. No. Uh, that's a that's a rabbit hole that I don't want to go into. No. But uh uh, great discussion tonight. Uh, yes. We covered a lot of topics in just you know a little over thirty minutes. So uh, we just kind of wanted to get back with you this week to kind of talk about what all you know Nick Saban had to say at media days, and you know talk a little bit about Oklahoma and Texas. Um, um, I, I was I was going to say uh, maybe next week's episode we can talk about what old Bo Nick said about Alabama. Yeah, good luck. Go ahead. Uh, let's go ahead and just talk about that real quick. <laughs> yeah, I just. What, what yeah. was his quote again, Jack? What was his quote again? He pretty much. I don't know exact word for word, but he said that you know everybody thinks that Auburn should be scared of Alabama, and he said Auburn's not scared of Alabama. You ought to be. I'm sorry. You know, you're little brother. You're always going to be little brother. I don't care. You and and yeah, we do have to go down in the plains this year, and y'all have Auburn Jesus, but. This is different. You got a new coach. You got a new system. I'm hoping with Gus gone that that's gone too. Yeah, me too. My gosh. But, yeah, he, you know, I, you you don't – Well – Don't poke the bear this early. It, here's my <laughs> thing. Um, he shouldn't have said it, but what is he supposed to say? And You know, he's not – I know. I mean, you know what I mean? So, yeah. I don't – I think it's for the players themselves on the on the football team. Maybe it's a little bit of, of motivation, you know. Right. Big guy like Phil Mathis see that, you know, think, <laughs> okay, Bo, we'll, we'll see you come November. 
Sure. But, uh, yeah. but uh, you know, I I just don't what I don't know what he's supposed to say. Oh yeah, we're all we're scared of Alabama. He, I mean, he can't say that. So no, he's not. No, I don't know. I don't know some of these questions yeah, that got brought up. Even, yeah, and I don't. We don't right. know the context of the question and and all that kind right. of stuff. But it is fun, kind of fun to, yeah. to poke at Bo Nix. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah. all right. Hey, before before we head out, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast on Apple, mm-hmm. Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music. Also subscribe to the YouTube channel. Jump in the comment section below. Tell us what you think about tonight's topics, what you think about Bryce Young's NIL earnings, what you think about Coach Saban talking about Henry Toa Toa, what you think about Saban naming Javon Cohen the starter at left guard, uh, what you think about Oklahoma and Texas possibly joining the SEC. All right, that's going to do it for tonight's episode. Once again, it was brought to you by betonline.ag. Head there today and sign up, and you receive a 50% welcome bonus. For Stacy Blackwood and Jake Thomas, we're the Tide Talk Podcast. You can follow us there. You see it there on your screen. I'm at Blackwood89. I'm at Jake Thomas Tide. Jake Thomas TTS. Uh, TTS, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you can follow our podcast on Twitter at Tide Talk Pod. Also find us on Facebook at Tide Talk Pod and on TikTok at Tide Talk Pod. Sure. All right, guys, we're heading out now. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.